European Hearts Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 37, Issue 36, containing a position paper on cardio-oncology by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Luscher. Tumors and the Heart, Common Risk Factors, Chemotherapy and Radiation Tumors and heart disease remain the most important causes of morbidity and mortality worldwide. Interestingly, in some countries, thanks to the enormous progress made in cardiology over the last decades, cancer has surpassed heart disease as the major cause of mortality. However, oncology has also seen an impressive expansion of its therapeutic options with the development of more effective chemotherapeutic drugs. Unfortunately, some chemotherapeutics, in particular anthracyclines, actually have toxic cardiovascular effects. Most commonly, they interfere with the myocardium, reduce cardiac pump function, and eventually induce heart failure or cause arrhythmias, or promote coronary lesion formation. As a result, many heart centers have established specialized units in cardio-oncology in order to improve the management of such patients. Thus, the position paper on cardio-oncology 2016 ESC position paper on cancer treatments and cardiovascular toxicity by Zamorano and colleagues on behalf of the ESC Committee for Practice Guidelines and the Task Force for Cancer Treatments and Cardiovascular Toxicity of the European Society of Cardiology is a timely document. The authors review the different agents, the pathophysiology of their different toxic effects in the cardiovascular system, such as myocardial toxicity, among others, and the diagnostic and potentially preventative and therapeutic options that there are. Unfortunately, many attempts to prevent or reverse chemotherapy-induced myocardial dysfunction have failed, such as the recent PRADA trial with candesartan and metroprolol. Thus, it appears that currently, cancer drug-associated heart failure remains a substantial health problem, and a better understanding of the pathophysiology of cardiotoxicity may lead to the design of specific targeted drug therapies. In addition, large trials with long follow-ups are required to identify potentially beneficial treatment strategies for these patients. On the other hand, cardiac interventions, particularly those using radiation to visualize cardiac structures, such as angiography and nuclear tests, may, although the markedly improved diagnostic and later therapeutic options for cardiac patients, increase the risk of cancer among operators and or patients. As a result, novel technologies devoid of radiation, such as cardiac MRI, have been increasingly used in the workup of cardiac patients. Moreover, electrophysiological examinations and ablations of arrhythmias are performed with less and less radiation thanks to the availability of effective steering systems. The most recent developments in this area are reviewed by Fiorenzo Gaeta and colleagues from the University of Turin in Italy in their article The Dream of Near Zero X-Ray Ablation Comes True. They note that medicine-related radiation represents a major source of X-ray exposure, with interventional electrophysiology being a relevant contributor. Unfortunately, no safe dose in radio protection exists, as acute and long-term effects of radiation exposure may emerge at any radiation exposure dose. Given this, 
a near-to-zero X-rays transcatheter ablation procedure would represent an optimal approach in any electrophysiological lab. Fortunately, the introduction of electroanatomic mapping systems have provided the possibility to perform simple and complex electrophysiological procedures, avoiding, or at least limiting, the use of radiation. Smoking is another risk factor for both cardiovascular disease and cancer. In a clinical research paper, Impact of Active Smoking on Myocardial Infarction Severity in Reperfused ST Segment Elevation Myocardial Infarction Patients, The Smoker's Paradox Revisited, Rolf Simons and colleagues from the University Hospital in Leuven, Belgium, investigated the influence of cardiovascular risk factors on infarct severity and post-infarction left ventricular remodeling in acutely reperfused ST-segment elevation myocardial infarction patients using cardiovascular magnetic resonance, or CMR. 471 patients underwent CMR, which was performed around four days after infarction and again four months later. Smoking was associated with intramyocardial hemorrhage at baseline even after correction for other factors associated with ischemia reperfusion injury, including microvascular obstruction, infarct size, and myocardial salvage index with an odds ratio of 2.17. Unexpectedly, smoking was an independent, protective predictor against adverse left ventricular remodeling with an odds ratio of 0.43, consistent with the smoker's paradox. However, the presence of intramyocardial hemorrhage at baseline abolished the paradoxical beneficial effects of smoking with respect to infarct size, baseline left ventricular function, and post-infarction left ventricular remodeling. No association between other cardiovascular risk factors, infarct severity, or post-infarction left ventricular remodeling was observed. Thus, in patients with reperfused ST-segment elevation myocardial infarction, smoking is strongly and independently associated with intramyocardial hemorrhage. Nevertheless, consistent with the smoker's paradox, smoking was an independent predictor of more favorable post-infarction left ventricular remodeling. However, the paradoxical beneficial effects of smoking were lost in patients with intramyocardial hemorrhage. The manuscript is accompanied by a thoughtful editorial by Holger Thieler from Lübeck, Germany. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will find the interest of its readers.